0: Welcome to the That Fit Friend podcast. I'm your host Jake Boley and today Nikki Koplitz is joining us once again. Nikki, it is so so wonderful to have you.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a little hint of sarcasm in that wonderful, but I'll take it. Thank you. So Monday sass for you. <laughs> hey, Nikki here. We actually recorded this episode mid-July and it's now August 7th that the episode is going live. So I wanted to give some updates on the time in between. Jake has gotten the Nike Metcon 8. It's still unclear when it's going live in the US, but he has a full review and first impressions video up on his YouTube channel, as well as a full review on his website, thatfitfriend.com. I'll link all of those videos and articles in the episode details down below. I also talk about the Lululemon Charge Feel shoe, which is now available at Lululemon. As like a fact check also, I say that it's not designed to be a running shoe, um, but as I've been reviewing it, I've learned that it is more for like hit style training. So between running and training, but it is created for shorter runs and, and running as well. So just wanted to clarify those things. Um, I hope you still enjoy the episode. It's a lot about travel and about our recent trip to New York as well as Jake's birthday. So it's a good one. I hope you enjoy.
0: Um, Well, let's dive into our first points of discussion, which are basically the news for shoes coming up and stuff like that. Um, So in our last episode... We talked briefly on the Nike Metcon 8 and more specifically how images were starting to leak out. So as of now, I still don't have a formal release date. And it's really odd because usually Nike are on top of it with giving um, some inkling of a release date. The Nike Metcon 8 by you or the customized ones are available for members. However, they don't ship out till like mid to late August. So that doesn't really necessarily mean that they're live yet because generally the core model um, release date is what most people are interested in. So it's got to be in the next week or two. I swear it's like, it's crazy that they're having such like a back and forth, especially because they're live in other countries at this point and sold out across different sites. So it's very odd that the U.S. is lagging this much.
1: It's also kind of funny how I feel like they very quietly launched that customized option on the app. Right? Like, do they always launch that first?
0: Yeah. Last year, that's what they did too. And honestly, the reason I think they do it is because it's a money play um it's like if you open up the custom by you you'll get all the people who are super hyped and they'll pay that premium price which is 160 versus like whatever 130 135 the metcon 8 will be mm-hmm. it was 130 okay. the year prior i'm guessing maybe it's going to see an increase because we saw the nano but i don't know it could it's probably gonna be 130 but that being said um i think it's a money play by nike because they don't ship them out till late august anyways so my thought is, is they're trying to get as much capital as they can for people who are super eager um to order some
1: Yeah, also, maybe just the people who are like very particular about their customizations so that they could get it around the time that like most of the people ordering like the whatever stock colorways are getting theirs.
0: And if we look at last year too, like people I think the people who got their customized ones came like a week or two after. So if that's running the same course as this year, then that would mean that the Metcon eight will drop in early August versus like any time in July. But again, like don't quote me, I don't know for sure. It is very odd that Nike hasn't given any suggestion as to when it's gonna be. They're like, Oh, we don't know yet. I'm like it's live in other countries. Like, how do you not know the <laughs> U.S.? Like, they must be running into some serious supply chain issue stuff.
1: Mm, that could definitely be it. Well, that's exciting. That, that means we don't have that much longer to wait.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a shoe with an updated upper. Woohoo! But let's spend money <laughs> and go into the consumerism lifestyle.
1: I mean, for any listener who hasn't watched my um, Metcon 7 reaction video, I am a big fan of the Metcon 7 and maybe because it is my first Metcon and maybe it just like my foot, just it perfectly like worked with my foot. But I, I'm a big fan of all the Metcons.
0: Yeah. You're also just like a little Nike. uh, You like like (laughs) Nike. I'm a
1: little Stan. (laughs) I, yeah, I do like Nike. But moving on to Lululemon, which we also talked about last episode um, that I was on they released the bliss feel running shoe a couple months ago and in another week or so so july 26 not sure when this episode will be released there's going to be a new lululemon women's training shoe it's called the charge feel there's two different versions a mid top and a low the mid top mm. runs for like 148 and the low runs for 138 and it's built for quote activities that live between running and training in the gym so think like hit short runs boxing <laughs> they put dance but, um I don't know if I guess dancers could also wear shoes
0: can, but, you, can you say that one more? where does it where what is it between running and training
1: it's between
0: because none of those things are training what
1: between running and training in the gym
0: oh and training so in I the think, gym
1: yeah so I think it's between their Blissfeel running shoe and they're going to release later this year a like real like training shoe. So I think this is like the intermediary between the two where it's like a little bit more like flexible flexible maybe, um, but not a running shoe at all.
0: Interesting. I'm really curious to see what their actual training shoe is going to look like because I feel like the Blissfeel running shoe has... Been hit pretty hard in regard to like criticism um, with its performance. So I am interested, knowing Lululemon and their gear, because I do like some of their stuff, but it does lack when it comes to like serious strength training, in my opinion, for some of their gear. I'm curious if the shoe is going to be able to actually to hold its own because like some of the men's shorts, like, I have one pair that works really well, like the LTT shorts. They work really well, but then like the other shorts, like I've blown out the crotch in because I squatted like a certain amount, and they just like could not withstand the stress of like the flexion of my hips and the legs and whatever. So I'm I really curious to see how you're gonna like that shoe when we get it for you, and if it's yeah, actually really, good.
1: Yeah, I'm curious too, and I do feel like I feel like people talk about this, but I think Lulu Lemon's quality over the years have definitely has definitely decreased, and that's probably like any company that really like scales up and wants to pay like as low of a price for production as possible um but yeah i am very interested in this in this next shoe
0: it's so frustrating that that's even a thing and it's it's frustrating too that we know it's a thing and then at times we kind of just accept it you know like Mm -hmm. I would say the same about some of the Nike stuff, some of the Reebok stuff, because they're continuing to grow. Like the quality just isn't there. There's a reason they roll out a new Nike Metcon every year. It's because generally that shoe will break in a year. Like sometimes they will last like the Metcon four and down typically lasted a while, more specifically like the four and three, I think. But. Yeah, I, it's just frustrating, and I agree. Like the quality of Lulu's stuff for the price just doesn't make sense, especially with some of these smaller companies who are building just as good as stuff, if not better, and not having it fall apart after a couple of weeks or a couple of months of wear, which it should yeah. not for the freaking price—like
1: one forty-eight for a for a training shoe. Well, is that so normal?
0: It's not not normal, however like with my reviews and my personal take like i think 150 for a pair of shoes that you are purposely wearing to kind of beat up and give like a ton of stress to that's high so when i do review shoes that are on like that cost 150 or even more like i put them to such a higher standard in regard to like mm-hmm. All right, if you're going to ask for this much money, like this thing better be freaking dialed in. So it's like, I just did the Lane 8 Hit Trainer. That was a shoe that cost 150 And like, it's a fine shoe, but it's definitely not worth that price. Maybe like 130
1: so we- on sale yeah. or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I said in the review like 40 times when I was reiterating, like, don't buy this to- full <laughs> price. Yeah, Nikki was giving me shit because I kept context, on like selling. I was that. helping
1: him film. Um, and he just kept saying it so many times that I
0: was like well, Okay, because like I want no, people I, no, to understand.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, I, it's totally valid to say. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just rip on you for anything.
0: It was just yeah, funny because each like, time
1: you were like maybe like one thirty or like on sale, like sp- you were just saying the same line. It was cute.
0: Yeah, but that being said, um, if it, if a company's going to charge like one forty-five or more, one fifty or more and it's not niche in nature so like this is like a hit shoe and whatever else mm-hmm. like it better be freaking stellar because otherwise it's like okay cool like you charging 145 or whatever 148 like why would i not go for a model that's 120 but just is like just as strong of a performer like it just doesn't make sense to me you know if you're going to charge that it better fucking perform
1: yeah as someone who doesn't really like isn't really in the space doesn't know like the price of all the shoes i think it either like better perform really well or is made like sustainably or like super high quality or like n- ethically, you know, like it's yeah. not like made in sweatshops. Like I'm not going to name any brand names, but probably some of like the, the cheaper shoe brands. And cause I think sometimes like that form of quality in terms of like the production, um, you don't see that in the shoe, you know, that's just yeah. something that you have to know if you know the brand.
0: Yeah. With that being said, 150 is often way too much for a training shoe, unless it's like very niche or it's like a CrossFit shoe or it's something very specific where you do get a little bit more utility for that price compared to other models. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, moving on to just like a general, like what we've been doing. Uh, We just went to New York for two weeks. Jake turned 30. Happy birthday. Hmm. Old. (laughs) Old man, now. So, I wanted to ask you what kinds of shoes did you bring to New York? Like, what shoes have you been liking lately? Let's dive in there.
0: Yeah. So, um, while away, I was testing multiple models. I actually came back from New York with more shoes than I went there with, which I guess is like the nature of the beast when you are reviewing shoes at the volume I am. Um, but,. A couple of recent reviews that I did was, number one, Adidas The Total. That is a zero-drop shoe designed for strength training and whatnot. And it was actually built by a strength coach who was also an Olympian. He was a rower, I believe. Um, His name was Sam, I want to say and yeah it's a, it was a sick shoe um super super solid shoe especially for deadlifts and if you like a zero drop shoe for like things like squats and accessories that would definitely be a model worth looking into plus it only costs 100 dollars usd which i personally like but wide toe box midfoot strap for security good grippy outsole overall very very big fan of that shoe. Um, we also did the Reebok Speed 22 TR. That is another hit focus shoe. And now this is like the thing, like that was a good shoe for hit workouts and for more general training. It costs 110. Why would I pay that much more for the Lulu shoe, you know? So that's like one of the models that I think is a good challenger and a good like kind of one to like question if the Lulu shoes quality are, is going to be basically worth the price and if their performance is going to be there because of that model. That's a fantastic example of something that's a bit more budget friendly, but still really strong. Um, then I also went through the Fayu shoes, Feu shoes, which I've butchered the pronunciation on, but I had a lot of folks like help me out on my video, which was super <laughs> nice of them. Um, but those shoes are $25. They are like a minimalist style shoe, um, basically a zero drop shoe, but with an insole that has a little bit of padding in the heel, so it does alter the drop a little bit when the insole is in. However, I thought this shoe was really cool because more and more folks are reaching to it for lifting because it's very similar to a Converse or Vans, but with a price point of $25. Literally $25. I spend more on coffee every week than I do that shoe. And so the quality of it actually wasn't that bad for it. And it's really cool because this model was a shoe that was originally popularized in martial arts like hundreds of years ago, apparently. And it's now like transitioned into like free running parkour because they're like decently solid and stable they have a good amount of grip for the most part and for $25 you can kind of just beat them up and like mm-hmm. even if you have to replace them in 4 to 6 months like it's like 25 bucks like it's really not that big of a sunk cost fallacy with that shoe and another model that i rolled out this past weekend was the Lane 8 Hit Trainer. Um, this is the second Lane 8 shoe I've done. The Trainer AD1 was the first. It is not a good shoe. I do not recommend that model, especially for 130 USD. This model had a couple of construction tweaks that I noted were lacking on the trainer 81. So I do like that. However, once again, we've already used this model as an example. It is definitely not worth 150 USD in my opinion. I think it's like a good like 110, 120, maybe 130 shoe if you really like their appearance. But overall, decent performer, um, but it's just like not very niche for the price it is charging. And in the regard to like being a hit shoe, like i've had other hit shoes that perform better than it and they cost less so it's hard to really recommend that shoe for full price especially knowing that it's like eh, it's subpar it could be a lot better well
1: and kind of straying a little bit away from shoes for a moment was there any apparel that you were trying out in new york city on the trip
0: yeah, some Viori apparel actually. Um I was making my way through some of the Viori shorts. So I've already done like the Viori core short, bank short, but now I'm getting into the Sunday performance short and the Ponto short. Um, Ponto short review is actually live. That short is pretty freaking stellar. It's like so freaking soft, and like the price is a little bit higher than what I would want to pay. However, if you're like just using a short for lounging and whatnot, these should last you a while. So the price could technically be justified, especially if you do just want like a very very soft, comfortable short. Um, but overall, man, I've been a bi- I've been a big fan of Yori stuff. Like it's been pretty good quality. Like the price isn't super crazy, and for what it's worth, like I really like the materials they've been using. Like I also like like their like more laid back vibe with their brand. It's not so in your face. Here's a shirtless dude working out super hard, whatnot. So, um, yeah, I've been a big fan fan of some of the Viore gear.
1: Yeah, for any women or for men wanting to buy things for their women, I love the Viore performance jogger. Is it performance jogger? I think it's performance yeah. jogger. I love it. It's so soft. It's perfect for like literally just day-to-day errands, but also like for the airport, I feel like it's like the perfect like airplane outfit. Uh, it's just so soft, like so soft. I've never felt anything so soft.
0: Yeah. And this is not a, a paid ad for Viori, by the way, it's just <laughs> some like a brand that we've been working through lately. So don't think that we're trying to usher you into Viori gear if you don't want to pay the price. And if you don't want Viori gear for that matter,
1: yeah and that being said i don't really love their like athletic gear for women currently um but i'm gonna yeah. keep trying some of it and I'll, we'll see well it's um, interesting
0: too because on the guy's side nick um like the workout shorts are kind of subpar they're really not mm-hmm. that great to be honest like the core short which is like they're kind of like what i would equivalent to like the own maker short the 10,000 interval short like the very core shorts for training from each brand Um, that's like kind of their spin and it's just, it's not very good. The waistband is pretty lax. The liner is very light. It's like a boxer brief almost in the context of like, it's like a little bit more cottony feeling, which Mm -hmm. I see as a good thing for some folks who like that, who want that softer, not as like tight liner. However, I just think for serious training, it lacks. And I'm worried that if you're putting a ton of stretch and like stress into the crotch, for example, I could see it having some issues down the road versus other liners that are a little bit more like spandex driven and made and like a little bit thicker and tighter but yeah it's, it's interesting that the guys and women stuff both kind of lack in terms of like more performance oriented stuff but the lounge stuff is just like freaking a1 it's so good
1: yeah i'm kind of curious did they like start with any kind of niche
0: I, I well i think their whole like spin is like the whole like california like active yet relaxed vibe. And mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of what they've really steered into. So that's mm-hmm. why it's like all their gear is like, this is like our dream knit, like super soft material. It stretches really well. It's like great for lounging and chilling and whatnot. So that's why you kind of get like, I feel like an essence of everything of like that context and all their stuff. But yeah, that I don't know. Sense. Like it is interesting though. I'm like, what's their next play? And like with their performance stuff, especially for guys, like are they going to roll out some newer iterations that are a little bit better? Because I don't know. I just don't think it really compares to some of these more performance-focused shorts that I've tested. So, all right. So that's kind of wrapping up like all the gear we've been testing. I've also been testing some other stuff, but I just don't want to bore you with all those details on this podcast. But I did want to quickly talk about New York City because Nikki and I, like I don't know if anybody cares, obviously, but we've been going back and forth on how much Nikki misses New York and how much like <laughs> I don't. And being back there for two weeks, I think it was a good amount to kind of like scratch that New York itch, but then mm-hmm. not overdo it. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think it's an interesting conversation because I know a lot of people who plan to move or like to move more often than not. Um, it's often like a very big conversation with a significant other. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know even know where, where we should take this, but I figured we could just do like a little <laughs> New York City recap and talk about the contrast we have and the feelings that we have about New York.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's funny because I... I love New York so much and going back there for however long. Cause I feel like I go back more often than Jake does um, because I do have family there. I do have like so many friends there. So it's just like a really easy trip for me to make. I don't, I just like go there and I just like love being there, you know, but also I think it's because I don't live there. I don't have to deal with like all of the annoying things. Like I have an, beautiful townhouse here in Colorado to come home to. I have two dogs who like love being in Colorado. I can spend my weekends here, like just casually hiking or going on trips. Like there's so many pros to living here, but God, going back to New York, just the energy and the people, it's so fun.
0: I know we need to get some of your friends out here, but I know. yeah, we also like for background too, like we have just very different interpretations of New York. Like Nikki grew up there, all her friends are there. But for me, it was like moving there for a job and school and whatnot. And so it's almost like I've kind of like mentally like checked it off the list. So I think that also plays into why you typically miss it a lot more than I do too, which is Also, to clarify,
1: I did not grow up, I grew up in New Jersey, like somewhere in yeah. New Jersey, but I would be there
0: often but like like the metro area you know like i feel like everybody who grows up in that area like you're so accustomed to like going to the new york city area if you really need to or like going on there for the holidays um so it's like you, it's like yeah. intertwined into your life even from a very young age
1: yeah but like city kids are like built different so i just wanted to Not make those. sure you knew that i was a city kid <laughs> City are. kids
0: are something else <laughs> i used to also so I used what to tra- a range <laughs> yeah what a
1: range of city kids
0: oh my goodness i used to train this kid on the upper east side and he was like a high schooler and stuff and just the things he would get into i'm like dude i didn't do that till i was like 25. i'm like geez you're like 16. what he was also like I, wealthy very yeah very wealthy. Was <laughs> he was very very well- very very, very <laughs> not. um but yeah i don't know new york city was fun nikki planned a big surprise party for me which was sick if anybody cares but I like was not expecting it. Basically, like she surprised me with my parents coming in town, which is nuts because my dad does not fly, literally never. So that was like probably the biggest surprise. Then my little brother was there. Best friend from Boston came. So it was it was just such a good time. And I don't think I've ever had like a really great birthday party like that in the mm-hmm. sense of like being like wow, like I feel the love tonight. Like this is sick.
1: oh yeah, it was so much fun. I will say, we were drinking at spring lounge right before because his friend needed to get to the hotel room so i needed to get jake out of the hotel room and we needed to just chill before like everyone got to the actual venue so we were just like you know taking a couple like tequila shots in the spring lounge some of his like best friends walk by he looks back and is like oh my god And I'm like, God damn it. Because I was even thinking like, "Ah, I should say we're at Spring Lounge. So no one walks down like Mulberry in between these streets. But I was also like, people probably don't know the city that well. So they don't know where Spring Lounge is. um, So it'll be fine. And of course, they walk by and I'm like, okay, accident. It's fine. Literally, one of the friends (laughs) tags Jake in the store and is like in the city for Jake's 30th. (laughs) Like before the surprise happens. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? And it wasn't like I was angry at him. Like, it was just so funny. Like, the sequencing of events where I'm like freaking out that we saw them. And then like, he just put it out in the open and it was just.
0: I feel like every, every friend group of guys has that one guy who just like it just everything goes over their head. It's like dude, like it's a surprise party you probably shouldn't tag the person you're trying to surprise. You know? That's he, like come on. Like
1: he definitely had no idea it was a surprise. He's such
0: party. he's such a dude. He's so funny. He's like he's that friend though. It's like it you missed that one, didn't you buddy? <laughs> yeah, yes he did. It was
1: funny cuz I had to go back in the DMs and I was like, "Wait, I said it was a surprise, right? Like Jake would have been in this group if it wasn't a surprise." Um but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It, he was still surprised about most of the people. And it was just such a fun night and such a fun weekend. So I'm glad it, was, I'm it, glad was, it went well.
0: The night was also like low-key stressful, blur. though. It oh. was a blur, but also stressful because we had so many different friend groups there. And it's mm-hmm. like... I like want to make sure everybody's having a good time. I want to make sure I'm giving like my energy to everybody. So it's like funny because like I think you and my best friend Zach were joking. Like you're like Jake's literally at a wedding right now because I was like bouncing around trying to talk to everybody. So I didn't want anybody to feel left out or like like oh my god like these guys are all friends, but like I'm here and like I feel awkward. So uh, it was very very stressful. I was very very hungover too the next day. (laughs) I feel like any party that's like
1: for you. Like you just yeah there's so many different groups you like almost have to like inherit this like host role where you're just like trying to like get on and you like want to be in all of those conversations you know yeah like you want to be in all of those conversations like at the same time you want to hang out with everyone so it's almost like a hard situation being in a place where everyone who loves you is like coming to celebrate you so i think it's inconvenient
0: wedding if if we ever get married what i want to do is just not talk to anybody i'm just going to do my thing and party I'm not going to do, do the host by yourself thing. I'm just going to do I'm not going to do the hosting. yourself your wedding. It's going to be so awkward. <laughs> yeah, but that all being said, this is a great segue into some of our next topics. We have three good topics written down before we wrap this video uh wrap this podcast up, and one of those topics is choosing the right shoe to travel with. So, this one's really interesting because there's so many differences in travel for folks. So it's like, if you're just going somewhere and bringing a backpack, for example, what you're going to bring and what you're going to need is going to be very different than this person who also has a carry on and like a lot more space, but then also Mm -hmm. where you're going factors in here too. If you're going to like Cancun and there's not really going to be like a gym, for example, or just a very small hotel gym, you should pick a shoe that's going to be catered into that style of training versus like if you're going somewhere like for business and you plan to train like normal um and it's a really fun topic because it's like if you have like a variety of shoes to choose from when it comes like running shoes training shoes like crossfit dedicated shoe a weightlifting shoe um figuring out what shoe to bring i think is really really important because it's like you don't want to like for example in that cancun example Go with some cross training shoe that's super stable that you can't really run in because more than likely you'll want to do more like running and like body weight style or some like lighter volume, high volume work where you know you're going to have to be doing a lot of repetitive bouts like jumping, whatever else, uh, since you just don't have the means to train. So, uh, Nikki and I were talking about it basically, and like I was kind of going through my head of like the biggest questions to ask yourself when you are traveling when it comes to selecting the right shoes. And I think the first question that you should ask is how much space do I have? Because that will dictate then, okay, do I try to find like that best of all world shoe that I could just kind of bring that one shoe for everything? Or can I get away with bringing one or two specialized shoes? And then also figuring out where you're going and what the gym setup's going to be like. Are you going to somewhere that doesn't have a ton of equipment, you're going to have limited availability, or are you going somewhere where you plan to go to whatever gym is in the area and train like normal? That will also dictate kind of what shoes you bring. And then you could factor in, okay, this is the space I have, this is how I plan to train. These are the models or the model I'm going to bring based off of how I'm going to train and my space. And then the third question that I think is really interesting is what is like kind of the goal of the trip in regard to training? So like not everybody wants to go on a trip and still continue training. So if that is you, then bringing something that's much more casual in nature could be a better call because otherwise you're just wasting packing space for something where you're probably not going to use it. It's like don't bring a CrossFit shoe to a vacation where you're not even going to be doing any form of CrossFit or cross training or like serious lifting. You're just kind of wasting space, but if you brought like a running shoe or a more hit focused shoe, if there was a day where you're like, "Okay, I kind of feel like just getting out and moving my body and doing something," you're going to be way better off with that model. So Figuring out the goals of the trip, um, the space and kind of what you're going to have available can be really useful. And I think as you kind of work your way through those questions, the shoe that you should bring kind of works itself out for you because once you can answer those, you'll be like, okay, like this one doesn't make sense. Like I don't have space for weightlifting shoes. Okay. I'm not really doing a ton of running, so I don't really need this dedicated running shoe, but I do plan on doing like some stuff like some kettlebell, some light dumbbell work, whatever else, um, so that's kind of just like what I've come up with in like the system that I built on TF2 with my travel friendly training shoe article.
1: I love the categories you broke that into. That made a lot of sense. This is the first time I'm hearing it. Um, so Thanks. I really like how you broke that down. And yeah, trying to I feel make like, it simple. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes you want to like choose a shoe that can be like if especially if you're traveling um with not that much space. Like you want to choose a shoe that maybe you can train in and also like looks good like working like walking around in and is comfortable walking around in, especially if you're going to like a city where you're going to be walking a lot. Um I think that's definitely a great a great thing to to have in mind.
0: Yeah. And that's actually one of the things I didn't mention that I actually mentioned the article though, which is like if you like let's say you're only traveling with a backpack then a super nice strategy to do would be then find a pair of training shoes that looks good dressed up that you could just wear traveling and whatnot that doesn't beat your feet up. So you hit the nail on the head there too. Um, when it comes like another little layer to consider if you are trying to find a training shoe for like day-to-day wear, but then also that looks good. That doesn't look like, Hey, this is a training shoe and I'm dressed up nice. And it just doesn't look awkward, you know,
1: which I feel like is hard for women's training shoes. Cause I feel like women's training shoes are just like not necessarily that cute where you could like wear it with an actual outfit and not just like an athleisure outfit.
0: I agree. And it's interesting because now that you say that I'm like thinking about different colorways and different models. And I almost feel like it's like the societal thing too, where it's like, I feel like it's more socially acceptable to see a guy dressed a little bit nicer but with a pair of like casual training shoes versus a woman who is, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like when, when women dress up a bit nicer, it's almost like any model you see or anybody who like is like marketing to you for that setting and context, like it's never mm-hmm. in training shoes. Whereas like, if yeah. you look at a guy's ad for some of these companies, they could be in like jeans and a nice like shirt. And then it's like, boom, training shoes. And it's like, huh, like why, I wonder yeah. like why that is. And if there's some deeper roots there related to marketing and just like our societal fashion norms.
1: True. Cause women need so many shoes and that's like such a trope. With women, like, just, like, always wanting to buy shoes. But, yeah, I do feel like we either have, like, nicer, like, dressier, like, sandals or heels or boots, or, like, if we are wearing sneakers, then it's, like, white casual sneakers that, like, maybe you can't, like, maybe aren't ideal for training.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: But that being said, if you were going on a backpacking vacation, if you could only bring one shoe, or okay, not backpacking. We already we already talked about we not we don't like backpacking. Well, well so there's two um, different
0: kinds of backpacking, right? There's the <laughs> backpacking in the mountains, and then there's like a backpacking like touring Europe, like staying yeah. in hostels and stuff. Yeah, Very yeah. different backpacking.
1: <laughs> okay, so if you're doing the latter, like if you're if you just want to bring a backpack to wherever you're going, what shoe would you pick?
0: I would probably bring like something like the On Cloud X something that's very comfortable that's easy to wear oh um, that's was, that was the
1: last thing i was expecting
0: really well that's, yeah. i mean that's like their cross training shoe it does have a bit more stability than something like the on cloud 5 which is like their their daily wear travel shoe Mm-hmm. So it's like very comfortable to wear. You could wear it for longer durations and not beat the feet up and it breathes really well. So if you are going to be doing a ton of walking, like I do like that shoe for that. And it's like good enough to do some lighter, casual training. And if I did want to lift heavy on that backpacking trip, I would probably just ditch my shoes and just go with my barefoot, um, depending on where I was at, obviously. But a shoe like that would probably be my go-to. Like the Haze Trainer would also be good. Like the Interval Net Trainer from Strike Movement. Those are both models that you can dress up pretty well. But their overall stability, I think, can almost take away from some of their all-day comfort, especially if you do like a bit more of a cush feel with your shoes. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the conundrum I have there. The Alakai Mio Lee. Could be a really good one to look into actually too that's a very good like casual looking daily wear shoe the frank trainer from york athletics was actually one that i wore in new york and put like 10 or 15k steps in then would go training then would go out in so that was like a kind of a good like well-rounded shoe that shoe is that's so the one stained. i was gonna guess yeah that shoe is I, I mean that's that's a fantastic shoe too but um yeah. I kind of go back and forth mentally, like what I prefer. And almost, I think if like a Frank trainer would be better in like an urban setting, whereas like mm-hmm. an on cloud X would be better for like, if you're doing like a ton of walking around outside indoors and you're like planning on doing like a lot of traversing through different cities versus just kind of being in one setting where mm-hmm. you're going to be, um, just traveling with a backpack or whatever.
1: Hmm. Makes sense. And for this trip, besides for all the shoes that you were reviewing on the trip if you could only pick like a core couple what would you pick
0: oh good question um so i'm trying to think i would probably bring the frank trainer because it's a very easy model to wear out and about and knowing that we were in new york city like i know i'm gonna be walking a lot so that was a great model for those asks and then in regard to more dedicated cross training Um, if I had space, I would bring a weightlifting shoe, which Mm -hmm. model (sighs) I would probably go with the Adidas powerlift five, or maybe the Reebok legacy lifter Two. The only issue with the legacy lifter Two is those dudes are so chonky and they're so thick and heavy. They take up a lot of space. So that's like kind of the drawback. I mean, that's with most weightlifting shoes. And then if I had to pick like a dedicated cross training shoe, I would either go with like the rad one or Haze trainer. Um, for, for that trip because they can both be worn out and about and they're not super uncomfortable. Whereas like a Nike Zoom Metcon Turbo 2, great performer in some context, but not comfortable to walk around in. So Got it. that's kind of where run, my head goes. Would you
1: like, for short runs, which one would you pick? <sighs> Either like, or honestly. Like of those honestly. three, of the oh. Frank or the...
0: Yeah. I I would say Frank, if I was doing like anything from like one to three miles and then Hayes and Rad would both work for anything under one, especially if it's like faster paced tempo stuff. Interesting.
1: And yeah, I used to bring my, I used to be a consultant um, and I used to travel weekly and it was the type of, I don't know, I guess it's the type of travel where you're like basically living in the other place too. Um, And I was training for my first <laughs> my first and only powerlifting meet um so i would bring my my Nike rom 3s yeah, yeah Nike yeah, ROM, rom 3s threes. in my luggage every time and it would just be kind of annoying but like also like kind of necessary because i would be there for a full week training so
0: traveling with strength gear is so fun freaking annoying
1: oh my god yeah i would have my knee sleeves like i would have so much in my like half of my suitcase was just like gym stuff and then the other half was like work clothes
0: yeah and it's, it's like every time too i've ever traveled with the belt they take it out they're like what is this and it's like it's a fucking belt guys like, oh my
1: god that's like every time i travel with like when i used to take pre-workout they would just oh, take yeah. it out every time do the little thing.
0: Well, that makes sense, though. Like, it's a powder, yeah. you know? Like, oh my God, a belt, yeah. you can clearly can see what it is. Yeah. Like, you can yeah, clearly see what weird. a belt is.
1: I guess speaking of TSA, we could tell the airport story going to uh, New York.
0: <laughs> God, if you people want to fucking feel stressed right now. Um, so, we're flying out. It's a Tuesday morning. We're flying out of Denver International Airport. And our flight's at 5.45 a.m. Literally 5.45 a.m. It's one of the first flights out of the airport. So we get there around like 3.45, 4, giving ourselves our 45 to 2 hours to get the dogs through, get through security and everything. That's plenty of time in a perfect world. So we're walking in with the dogs, and they are out of their carriers like normal because you don't have to put the dogs into the carrier until you are getting on the plane. But for whatever fucking reason that morning, some dude from United wanted to go ahead and say something like, oh, that dog is too big to fly. And we're like, dude, we fly with Maui all the time. Maui, for context, is a toy Australian mm-hmm. shepherd. He's about 24 pounds and he looks thicker than he is because he has so much damn hair. He's actually mm-hmm. like pretty dang small when he's super wet. Um, but this guy's like, giving us all this trouble. And we're like, dude, we fly with him all the time. What are you going to do? Just let us fly? He's like, well, he's like, you have to get it approved by my manager. Otherwise, I'm not letting you fly. So we're like, are you freaking kidding me? So we go over to this woman at the counter and she's like, I got to find the manager. I got to make sure it's okay. Blah, 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 blah. And basically like at this point I'm getting pissed. Nikki's trying to calm down the situation. This <laughs> like, woman kicking
1: is... Not- Jake. We have to be nice to her or else we're not going to be allowed on this plane.
0: But like, so this woman's like wandering around looking for the manager mm-hmm. for, I'm not even kidding you people, like 45 minutes to an hour. Like we didn't... We didn't get through, we didn't get done at the counter until 5.05, 5.10, <laughs> which is like bizarre because all you had one job, you had to go find a manager. Like what but it's, it, it's Tuesday morning. Like how many, how many people are there really? It's crazy. It's funny
1: because she kept like going to find the manager and then kept coming back and being like, I can't find her. And then she kept going and then kept coming back. And it's like, why don't you just like stop once you find her? Like... How about you just continue looking instead of coming back every time to tell us the update is there's no update.
0: So, the reason, yeah. So, the big thing was, was like Maui, they said, was too tall because he couldn't stand up in the carrier and turn around. Meanwhile, he can turn around and stand up in the carrier. It's just tight. Like, the carrier is not meant for dogs to be standing. It's meant to be for dogs laying down. (laughs) So, we are like very pissed off because we're like, this has never been a thing. We fly with you all of the time. And why are you giving us trouble now? It's a Tuesday morning. It's literally 4 a.m. Like, what are you guys doing? So also, long story like, short. no offense,
1: oh. like not to be like a classist or anything, but like this is United. Like it's not like we're flying like Spirit or Frontier where like, okay, maybe like there's like bad customer service or something. Like we're f- flying like a pretty like premier airline that like flies dogs often. Uh, yeah it was just it was just weird um we definitely brought out the like well remember (laughs) remember when you killed that dog in the game
0: (laughs) yeah i definitely definitely i definitely definitely. (laughs) was like so pissed i was like look lady it's gonna be safer on the ground in this carrier than you guys putting it in the cubby and nikki's like you need to stop you need to stop that (laughs) but long story short so we finally get approval after like some bullshit she's like can you show me a picture of the dog on the plane before and we're like Really, you want us to like, this is the validation you need on Instagram? You need our Instagram to show you? So we get through. No, they, we, they
1: didn't need the picture. They needed the proof of like
0: my receipt that they, but,
1: but yeah, like, it was like, okay, once we showed them that we were good.
0: And then we go to the security line and the security line, I'm not even kidding you. Is the longest line I've ever seen an airport longer than Thanksgiving in New York City longer than Christmas in New York City. It was absolutely insane because so Denver has two major security gates. One was closed that morning for construction. So everybody was stuck on this one side. And we're like, we're never going to make this because we got into that line exactly at 510. I remember looking at my phone because my anxiety was through the roof because I fucking hate flying to begin with. So I'm like, we're never going to make it. Nikki's like, stay positive, stay positive. She's, <laughs> she's like trying her best to calm me down because I'm like, God, I already hate flying. I mentally prepped myself to fly already. And now I'm going to miss the plane and I have to get on another plane. And like morning flights are usually less bumpy. And now I'm going to have to be on a plane that's going to be more bumpy, yada, yada, yada.
1: It almost helped because I feel like I would be freaking out if I was there by myself. But because you were freaking out enough for both of us, I almost had to be calm because I had to like prove to you that like we should be calm and that it was going to be okay. So it, like almost worked out like you helped my mental state there.
0: That's fact. I was so like... Negative. <laughs> I was I was the friend who's too blacked out when I was like when we went out and then you had to like magically sober up to take care of the situation. <laughs> that's literally what yeah, happened. Exactly um uh, but we we, we we like wake our way through the security line and like boarding starts at five fifteen. We were like so far away it's from like five twenty.
1: It's like yeah. five twenty at that point. Yeah. I don't and know if so, that math is
0: right. It's not that's not good math. It was more like five twenty five and we get up to the front area and there's like a police dog. And they're like, you need to come out of line because it's gonna mess up our dogs. So the woman's like walking us up to the front. And I look at her and I was like, hey, like, is there any way you could sneak us through? Like our flight's at 545 and like we got held, yada, yada. And so she like signaled to these two other guys and like these two guys came through with us and literally escorted us through security. It was sick. Like they let us cut like the line and like put our stuff in, which was like, I'd never seen that before. But they scooted us through and then we got through and had to take the shuttle and I sprinted with Maui, my heavy backpack, I was so out of breath. It was like like five thirty five at that point. Like literally, they were closing the door in a minute, a freaking minute. Like if I had not got there and like wait, wait, wait my girlfriend's coming. <laughs> She's like, you're fine. You they have like a minute. They would have
1: seen us sprinting. Okay, for the record, I was also sprinting, but I was not as fast as Jake because it was just we were. I was carrying I, Kona. I was carrying my yo. stuff.
0: I got what? to the gate, turned around, and you were walking. You were walking from okay, a decently him- <laughs> far way out. You were we like just chilling. We have been
1: running for s- okay, Denver. You Airplane might as well got yourself Starbucks the too. Air- <laughs> <laughs> I was running. I don't have the condition. I don't have Jake's conditioning, especially with that much weight on you. Like I don't have the amount of conditioning with load. You as don't Jake understand. Does. I was.
0: I was so out of breath, and I had no water in my system. Like I had to physically stop almost like a hundred yards from the gate because I was like, I'm going to choke because I can't like, I have no saliva right now. Like Maui's 25 pounds in one hand. <laughs> my backpack is literally filled to the brim. And I'm like, I was just not in a good place. Like I don't, I'm usually like you say like, Oh, you're conditioning. But like, I'm not even kidding you. I thought I was going to pass out. I I haven't felt like that from like a sprint or like a workout. <laughs> it was since probably it was like, in, like hockey and stuff. It was miserable. Oh
1: That's so funny. Yeah, but I mean, we made it and it worked and come going back. We had literally no trouble bringing the dogs on the plane. So I don't know why there's one random person.
0: Yeah, dude, I, this guy, I swear to God, this guy just wanted to be a boy scout. And it's like, you're doing your job at 4am on a Tuesday. No one ever does their job in the airport. You want to do it now? Oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. If I see that guy. Yeah.
1: Also, literally, if he hadn't brought it up, our person would not have said anything. No, the lady checking us out.
0: But, yeah. but that being said, like if you are flying with dogs, take it as a tip that when you go to the counter to check in formally with your dog, put them into their carrier then before you get up there just so they can't really look at them and be like, no, they're too big. Because that way, it's like if they're just laying down in the carrier, like they're not going to like be like, okay, stand up now, turn around. Like They're never going to do that. <laughs> so lesson learned. Like no more rolling the dice there. We're putting those shits into the carrier until we get checked in or like whatever we pay them. And then they're coming right back out until they're on the plane because no one else in the airport cares. Security doesn't care. The people at the boarding gate don't care. People think that they do. They don't. As long as they're in their carrier, nobody gives a shit. It's only Mm -hmm. the people that you have to physically pay to get your boarding pass. It's so freaking frustrating. That (laughs) was literally
1: the only time ever. And we've flown with them at least a couple times a year. Every year that we've had Maui, which is four years now. So,
0: and I used to sneak Ollie, my first dog, onto planes. I literally did that two or three flights. Like that it's would give crazy me so much anxiety. Sneak. It's crazy what like you could br- sneak on the planes.
1: Breaking the rules. <laughs> oh my god, I would get rashes from that.
0: But yeah, let's 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 take a transition away from uh, the stress of flying because I do want to talk about a topic that. I was actually talking to one of my coaching friends about the other day, and that is on the topic of mitigating stress when traveling and not training. And this is for folks who are like very schedule oriented almost where it's like you feel off if you don't eat a certain way or if you don't work out. And if that is you, you're not alone. A lot of people feel that way. Um, And there, there are lessons to be learned, I think, with doing it enough and like understanding and like growing as a lifter, as a coach, whatever um, that it's not as usually a big deal as we want to mentally make it. But I did want to talk a little bit about it because this past trip in New York, like, I feel like we were pretty good about training earlier on in the trip. And then as we started going out more and seeing friends, it like just started going down, 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 down. And there was like a good four days back to back to back to back where I was drinking pretty heavily, catching up with folks every night and not training. And I just felt so miserable. And I had to remind myself, like, it was a really good mental test of like, It's okay. It's okay. You'll be back in a week when you get back, but Nick, um do you want to talk at all on that because I think that's a really interesting conversation because I think a lot of people struggle with that.
1: Yeah. No, I I love this topic because I feel like there is almost like a good middle ground where maybe you're not completely like detraining and like eating like all of the things. And there is still like some like health strategy there, or at least depending on like what your goals are. Uh, Because especially if it's like a longer trip, like two weeks, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter if you didn't train for those whole two weeks. But like, I know how training makes me feel and I know how like eating like well makes me feel. So I always think that at least including some of that on a trip, like forget like what my body looks like or like... I don't know, like some of like the vanity aspects of like training and eating well, like my body just performs better, better and like my mental health is just better. Like if I'm just doing all of those things, um, it definitely helps me out. So I think like I know my strategy going into it is like I know the days that I'm not going to train. Like I know – Okay, weekends, I'm probably not going to train. I'm probably going to be like a hungover piece of shit or we're like in this wedding all day. Like there's no way that I'm going to like train for the 30 minutes in between events. Like I'm just not. So I think having those boundaries in place beforehand and having that like expectation where like, okay, these are the days that I'm going to take off. These are the days where I have a lift like scheduled, whether it's like with a friend or I know the gym I'm going to, if I have that like set out ahead of time, I feel like that helps me a lot.
0: And I think too, what can really be useful for people to remember is that um, when going into periods of time when you're not training it really doesn't take a ton to maintain some baseline levels of strength and cardiovascular fitness. And I think with power and more neurological stimulus, like that will always taper off faster regardless if you're not training and that should just be expected. However, that's also usually one of the attributes that comes back the fastest too once you've achieved a certain level. But when it comes to like just general strength stuff, just general cardiovascular fitness, um, keeping in mind that like, you don't probably need as much as you think to maintain it, just doing a good high volume, like quick workout with like pushups, air squats, some form of like dip or something like that to where you can train like a press and stuff. That's usually enough to kind of get the ball moving, but also like not totally detrain in the sense of like, Oh my God, all my gains are leaving. Like your gains are not leaving that fast. Will you probably feel a little weaker and out of it when you come back? Yes. However, the rebound time is usually pretty damn quick. And that's like half the time rule is usually what a lot of folks will run off of where it's like, okay, if you took like two weeks off of training, expect that it's going to take at least a week to kind of get back to normal baseline levels. If it's just more general adaptations, obviously, if you're super specific with your training, it's going to take a little bit longer just because there is more of a demand that you were not kind of hitting when it comes to your threshold. But, um, For folks who are traveling and they might be eating a different way and they might be like worried about losing gains, you're probably not losing as much as you think. And it's like really healthy to take a step back because then when you come back, you'll be more into it. You'll be excited to train. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, which is really nice because I was not very excited about my training prior to going to the trip and stuff. But I think taking those few days away from it, I'm like, damn, like I miss training. I miss feeling like I'm getting taxed and working hard and stuff. So, I'm super stoked to be back. And I think remembering and reminding myself that like, dude, you're taking four days off the gym, like in the grand scheme of life. Like, Mm -hmm. what does that really freaking matter? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even I don't even have like specific goals for comp right now. So it's like, why am I stressing and taking away from my vacation over something that's very arbitrary and something that will bounce back really quick?
1: Yeah. And definitely like when you're connecting with these people that you haven't seen in a while, like I feel like that takes so much more precedence over like an hour at the gym. Um, and I also think like if you make activity like a goal during your like vacation or whatever, like even just getting your steps in and just like walking a lot and exploring wherever you are, like that's going to be like, that's going to be a good movement for like your mental and physical health too so i 100%. think like just don't overthink it and like don't stress over it it's you're already a little stressed just by being not in your environment and exercise can sometimes just like st- physically stress you more
0: yeah and this and this wasn't intended to like be preachy at all but just like more just like hey like you're not alone if you feel stressed when you're traveling like it's ironic because I feel like a lot of us go on vacation. And then if you are very like fitness driven, very goal driven in that context of life, it can almost feel more stressful, but it's normal. You're not alone. You're probably not losing as much as you think. And honestly, there are ways to mitigate, um, some of those stressors and whether that's like little quick workouts, getting your steps in, like Nikki said, um, they're all, they're they're the little things that add up nicely to kind of help ease that mind. And, yeah. I don't know. I thought, it was, I thought it was really an interesting topic because it's, it's an area of my life where I know I've improved because I was like, not as stressed as I normally would get or freaking out or anxious. So I'm like, Oh my God, I feel so skinny. I lost all my muscle. Like, I don't know. So it's like almost like a cool, like I'm recognizing like, Hey, you've worked hard to improve in this area of life. Like, cool. We did that. Like not the best, i like still do some work, but I have improved.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I've, I've felt the same way about this trip. I felt like this was one of the first trips where I wasn't like that stressed about my body or like perfectly getting all my workouts in or, um, like eating like in a super like calculated way. Um, so I think having that freedom and just like letting go of some of the control over like my body and all of those things, like it, it
0: was, it was pretty cool. And if you are Growth. on the road, we're growing, baby. <laughs> yeah. And if you are on the road and if you're traveling and if you are having those freak out moments, shoot me a message and I'll reassure you that it's all okay. Or I'll give you some tips and stuff. Just, you know, reach out. Let me know. Have a shoulder to lean on if you are feeling that stress and anxiety while you're traveling. So on that note, I think it is time to wrap up this episode, this travel, travel themed episode <laughs> with also a chaotic dog traveling story. <laughs> Um, Hopefully you're able to take some tips away from this episode, whether it be choosing the right shoes for traveling, keeping your dog in the carrier when you are checking out, or just remembering that if you are traveling and you're stressed about not training, it's okay. A lot of us feel that way. You're not alone. Um, But Nick, do you have anything else to add before we wrap up?
1: Well, for any listeners, if you could tell us what shoe you would bring if you could only bring one shoe on a trip, I would love to know. Especially if you're a woman, I would love to know like a woman's shoe that like hits all the bases. So we'll figure out where we're going to leave this, whether it's in on our Instagram, which is at that underscore fit underscore friend or on the podcast itself, like via Spotify or Apple podcasts.
0: But yeah, Yeah, I think
1: that'll be a fun question to answer.
0: I, I don't want to. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, Nick. But I don't know how many women listen to the podcast. But I can't imagine it's many, <laughs> if any.
1: I think you mean no. maybe a couple. Well, more women will start listening.
0: The TF2 community is starting to grow a little bit more traction with women. The YouTube channel split is more like eighty-six, fourteen, not so much ninety, <laughs> ten anymore. But, you know, like, the TF2, like, it's a lot of TF2 dudes, you know? It is what it is. But, we'll eventually tap the women's market once we integrate you in more, hopefully. So, it's not just a, not just a dude talking to you about shoes and it's like, okay, I don't really connect with this asshole. So, that being said, yeah. Let us know what shoe you would love to travel with. Um, we'll definitely put it up on the Instagram, but there are some links down below in the description on some of the content that we talked about, and some of the topics we talked about in this episode. As always, we're going to drop all of the social handles down below to follow us. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on and also... For taking it in stride when I accidentally cut you off because I don't mean to, I don't mean to talk over you sometimes, <laughs> but I do and I don't mean it. I don't mean it. It's not to be rude. I feel like just we're just asshole.
1: so used to I mean, I did it right there, but I feel like we're so used to like normal conversations cutting each other off all the time. That's true. But that it's you not know? <laughs> true.
0: Because with other people
1: you like know that you should yeah. let them talk. But when it's yeah, yeah. you, <laughs> it's like yeah, I don't true. really care about what he has to say. That's, true,
0: that's true, that's totally true. No, kidding. no, no. I think it I think it is true. Like I think if you don't know us better, I think people can be like, oh my God, like they're talking over each other. It's so annoying. But it's like, it's just how we are. Like we're it's oh like, my- what's well, like, what?
1: Wait, are you saying that because we have a like moving to Denver video that like, I don't want to say went viral. It got like a lot of views for the channel that it's on. It's like on a random, it's on my personal like YouTube channel. We got so many dislikes and so many negative comments. <laughs> But some of them were like, wow he cuts her off all the time.
0: Which- <sighs> people are so annoying <laughs> like we always could each- I feel like we're like a- the always sunny cast how we're always like trying to talk over each other sometimes but it's just how we are <laughs> like we don't get offended by it we don't care it's just how we are. But that being said, we need to wrap this podcast up because we're going to keep rambling. Maybe we could save that topic for another episode about reading mean comments from that video because oh, they're they are so mean. They hurt. But if you made it this long, we really appreciate you. We hope you have a great rest of the day.